It's Wednesday, November 4th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. How are you feeling right now? If you went to bed really late last night, if you've been clicking the refresh button all day today, you might be feeling unsure, confused. So let's talk about where things stand. For all the time we spent agonizing over the electoral map, watching results come in during the middle of the night and then through the morning, the presidential electoral map looks more or less the way we thought it would. Florida, Ohio, and Texas went to Trump. Biden picked up Colorado, Minnesota, and even Arizona. Some of the big states the AP hasn't called yet include Nevada and two states in the Sun Belt, Georgia and North Carolina. Those last two states are considered crucial for Trump's chances to get to 270 electoral votes. And then there's the so-called blue wall. Back in 2016, Trump flipped these typically blue states. So here's where we stand. Wisconsin finished counting ballots this afternoon. Their 10 electoral votes will go to Joe Biden. President Trump has requested a recount. Meanwhile, Pennsylvania and Michigan are still counting, and the Biden campaign is feeling hopeful about both. Now, together, Pennsylvania and Michigan carry another 36 electoral votes. 538 says at this point, Biden has a much more clear path to the White House. Even if Trump wins North Carolina and Georgia, he'll need some combination of those blue wall states in order to win. Biden, of course, wants all three of these states, although realistically, he could likely lose Pennsylvania and still reach 270 electoral votes. But as of this afternoon, this race is far from over. Let's look down the ballot now. The results of many congressional races are still being tallied. Democrats were hoping for big gains in both the House and the Senate. And at least as of this morning, they're falling short. In the House of Representatives, Democrats will hold on to their majority. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is framing their victory as a referendum on health care. So our purpose in this race was to win so that we could protect the Affordable Care Act and that we could crush the virus. In the Senate, Democrats wanted to pick up at least three seats to secure control. The Washington Post reports several GOP lawmakers who were fighting off fierce Democratic challengers were mostly able to hold on to their seats. Joni Ernst in Iowa, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, and Steve Daines of Montana all won their re-elections. We need to turn down the rhetoric and start listening once again. Tonight, Kentuckians said... At challenging times, need proven leadership. Thank you, South Carolina. We did it. As of 2 p.m. Eastern time, Democrats have flipped two Senate seats. John Hickenlooper unseated Cory Gardner in Colorado, and Mark Kelly bested Martha McSally in Arizona. But in Alabama, Republican Tommy Tuberville soundly beat Doug Jones. This means... Democrats so far have a net gain of just one seat in the U.S. Senate. Now, over in Maine, Democratic challenger Sarah Gideon conceded to Senator Susan Collins. She just eked out a victory in a tight re-election race. This outcome in Senator Collins' race makes the Democrats' chances of retaking the Senate much more difficult. There are three ongoing races, and the Democrats would need to win two of them. Tom Tillis is trying to hold on against Cal Cunningham in North Carolina— And for the two seats in Georgia, at least one race is headed toward a runoff in January, and the other, so far, is too close to call. 
So many people had concerns about how the pandemic would disrupt the voting process this year, from widespread planning for early and absentee voting to the logistics of handling and counting mail-in ballots. But Politico reports voting went fairly smoothly. And that's actually because of, not in spite of, the pandemic. Of course, there were some isolated problems here and there. A few counties reported long lines or equipment failures. In one county in the Atlanta metro area, a water pipe burst in a room that was storing absentee ballots, which means Georgia's results are going to be delayed. And when it comes to mail-in ballots, the Washington Post reports the U.S. Postal Service disclosed on Tuesday, so yesterday, that more than 300,000 ballots were reported missing. A federal judge gave the Postal Service a deadline of 3.30 p.m. Tuesday to check facilities across 15 states for these missing ballots to make sure they get delivered on time to be counted. But the post office said no to the judge's order, saying it plans to stick to its own inspection schedule. At a hearing today, the USPS claimed it had checked its facilities but couldn't meet the judge's deadline. The judge expressed frustration and suggested that Postmaster General Louis DeJoy may have to be deposed to explain the U.S. Postal Service's noncompliance. But on the whole, election observers said there were no major disruptions and all that work that went into preparing for an election during a pandemic paid off. Political talked with the president of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, Kristen Clark, and she says... Many states expanded access to the polls by mail or in person, and that took the pressure off of in-person voting on Tuesday. Yeah, and it made a huge difference. More than 101 million people voted before Election Day. Analysts estimate in total nearly 160 million Americans voted. That's a turnout rate of around 67 percent. According to the United States Elections Project, we haven't seen a rate like that in more than a century. As Valencia County goes, so goes the nation, right? Yeah, I've never heard that before either. But that was Tim (laughs) Alberta's theory going into the election. He's a political reporter for Politico. Valencia County is just south of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and less than 80,000 people live there. Get this. It has the longest streak of picking the president of any county in the United States. In every election since 1952, the candidate who carried Valencia County also won the presidency. And that's why Alberta went down to Valencia and spoke with a bunch of residents there. Most of them had no idea that their county holds this record. And a lot of the people Alberta spoke to said they've historically voted based on issues like taxes or climate change, not necessarily party. But that's changed. He didn't meet a single voter who said they're switching parties this year or a single person who regretted their 2016 vote which he says means it's, quote, becoming like the rest of the country, predictable, polarized, and loyally partisan. Last night, Valencia County went for Donald Trump. So will this county's record hold? We'll have to wait and see. As always, keep checking in with Apple News for continuing results, plus all the coverage you'll need to make sense of the election. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.